Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by the podcast host. They're the guys to go to if you need help with your podcast. If you're thinking of starting one or you already have one to help your freelance business or maybe for a hobby, a passion that you have, I'll tell you more about it later. But check out the podcast host details at beingfreelance.com. Right now, let's find out, though, what it's like being freelance for career and life coach Emma Cossey. I'm a big fan of workflows and automation because I don't have a huge amount of time at the moment. It makes it all so much easier. If you are an entrepreneur or freelancer, having a VA will make a huge difference. And people think that they're very expensive, but a lot of the time they're a lot more affordable and they will do those horrible things you don't want to do much faster than you could do them. So it kind of makes financial sense to hand them over. All those things that I think, oh, I should do, but I'm never going to get around to doing them. She takes them out of my brain and does them for me so that I can then focus on moving on rather than just constantly worrying about the little things. It's good freelance maths. Yes, hello, welcome to another one. That's Emma, then we'll hear more from her in a moment. Uh, Let me just remind you, beingfreelance.com is the website where there's loads of guests. We've got over 50 guests for you to search back through now. Somebody had a go at me the other day because there was too many. They said, can you just stop while I go back and listen? Well, somebody else, I think it was Will, said that while he was on his honeymoon, he went back and listened to them all. Hurrah, you see? Yeah, being freelance, it's the the podcast of... Imagine this being your romantic soundtrack. I I almost feel... (laughs) I almost feel bad. Anyway... Hello to all the the lovers out there. Now, just to remind you, not long until this show is live at the New Media Europe conference. Uh, Check it out. See if it's for you. It would be awesome to see you there. Uh, If you fancy coming along, you can buy tickets to the weekend or just to this session. So do take a look and also check out the other things that we're up to. You can follow me on Twitter or, of course, Being Freelance on Twitter, at Being Freelance. And uh, it's always nice to hear your comments and stuff. Right, though. Let's move on and speak to this week's guest. Based in the UK, freelance career and life coach, Emma Cossey. Hey, Emma. Hiya. Hello. Thanks for doing this. So how about we get started hearing about how you got started being freelance? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I left uni in... Um, I guess it was about 10 years ago now. And um, I left uni with a degree in business and absolutely no idea what to do with it. And I didn't have that light bulb moment that I'd been hoping for that would clarify exactly what I needed to do with my life. Um, So I did what most people in that position would do and I went into recruitment um and hoped that that would sort of give me some idea whilst helping me earn some money and I was terrible at recruitment um I was great with people but not so much with the sales side of things or traditional sales after that role I went on into HR and I was also terrible at that because I'm not very good at keeping my mouth shut (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so I hated that job um, and I ended up leaving and joining Twitter while I was looking for other other work. By this point, I decided I was rubbish at everything. But I joined Twitter and just while I was looking, I saw these internships come up for um, editorial internships and writing had been something I'd, I'd always loved doing, but I didn't think it was an actual career. But I applied for two of the internships and ended up doing them. And then from there, it kind of snowballed and I had my first um, editorial assistant job through that. 
um, I ended up volunteering for friends um, to do their social media and create Facebook pages for them, which is all quite new at the time. Yeah, and from there I've done everything from being a social media trainer. Um, I was editor of a, a couple of fashion blogs for a group of fashion blogs. Um, I was a trainer for teenagers in career and social media skills. And now I specialise in being a life and career coach for freelancers. Wow. So it's almost like you've taken perhaps what you've you've learned from your business degree, combine that with your love of writing and teaching by the sounds of it. Yeah. And that's led to where you are now. Yeah. And I think I was quite lucky because I was going up against people when I was going for editorial jobs. I was going up against people who had um, English degrees and degrees, journalism degrees. But because I'd had the admin background and the business background um, and I was really prepared to sort of knuckle down and do lots of work. I think that really helped give me the edge. So, yeah, it kind of went from there, really. Um, and I, it was, ironically, the blogs that I used to read and the podcasts that I used to listen to um, when I was just starting university, um, they were the ones that I went on to to be an editor of one or two, two of those blogs. So it kind of all came full circle and all the things that I'd been messing around with at uni instead of properly studying probably for my degree um, were the things that I went on and ended up getting paid to do, which was... I guess the dream. So how did you end up sort of evolving into a coach, into a, a life coach, a career coach? Because obviously writing is important, but there's there's a lot more involved in that. And then there's finding the clients as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess it started about four years ago when I started my blog, um, which is the Freelance Lifestyle. And it's all about helping new freelancers get started because I felt when I started that I was very lucky to have a mentor that helped me through the process. But I know a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And the whole aim was basically to have all this information to make it easier and more accessible. Um, and then it kind of progressed from there. So I realized that I really liked helping people and doing one-to-ones. And then when I had my little boy uh, 11 months ago, about six weeks after I had him, I think I started my diploma in coaching. And yeah, that's how I, I've started out really on the coaching side, but I've kind of been unofficially doing it for, for several years now. Uh, right. So when you started the Freelance Lifestyle blog, yeah. you were still freelancing as a writer, as a social media manager or whatever it might have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was something I had a few people who were who had actually started working with um, as a, a client and then they were interested in becoming freelance themselves, like breaking out of the corporate world and they were coming to me for that and that's where it kind of progressed from. That's great. So through each of this, you've kind of followed your skills and the needs. Uh, all of that sounds very much like the business head again, sort of like seeing the demand for it. I think so and it's not something I ever felt I had in any of the, the jobs where I was an, an employee. And I think being freelance kind of frees you up to a lot more opportunities. Um, and I'm really into kind of um, constantly learning and self-development. And I think that's lent itself to constantly progressing and, and changing the direction I'm going in. But I guess I'm what they call a multi-potentialite, where I like doing lots of different things. Um, so it's worked really well for that multi-potentialite I like that yeah well I think a lot of people now they have a lot of different interests especially if they're a little bit creative yeah um it's it's kind of perfect that you you don't have to just do one thing anymore that's nice to hear because also though a lot of the time as freelancers we do hear oh you got you got a niche you've got to focus 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 and I mean you you do have a niche your niche is helping freelancers but at the same time it's it's not 
I know you're not focusing on one particular skill as such. Yeah. And you, I mean, having a niche does make it easier. Um, especially when someone says, what do you do? And then you think, how do I explain what I do quickly <laughs> so they don't regret asking me? Um, and it can be really tricky then. And you kind of have to judge who you're talking to. Um, but having a niche does help. And especially if it's like an industry or an area, but I think, um, there are a lot of people I know who combine all their skills to offer their clients even more value. Um, so I was, I was chatting to a lady recently who she's an illustrator and a marketer and those come together so brilliantly and people often have to either hire one or the other or hire two people to do the job. But having both those skills makes her so much more valuable. Yeah, that's good. to. That's nice to hear, I think. Um, I'm intrigued. Like, So you did this business degree 10 years ago. Yeah. How... You know, a lot of people, they get into freelancing, but don't really have a clue from the business side of things. So it sounds like you've you've got an advantage there. Did, has it helped you? Is it different like learning what you might learn in business school and actually the reality of being self-employed? I don't know. Yeah, probably the latter. <laughs> um, <laughs> purely because I think the world has changed so much in the last decade and social media has a huge part to play in that um, and being able to do remote working and things like that. And I just think the things that I learned that they were great as basics, but not a lot of it is now applicable to where we are now. But it did definitely give me a thirst for learning, and that's really helped. And there are a couple of things that kind of all, I always go back to things like SWOT analysis, you know, the classic things. Um, but I don't necessarily think you need a degree now to go into business, and I think that's really nice. I think a lot of the the barriers to start your own business have now been removed. So. I wouldn't necessarily say um, I use a lot of what my degree gave me, um, like the knowledge side of things, but I definitely feel like the experience of going to university, the experience of learning, the experience of being independent um, have helped me um, further on in life. You mentioned that you became a mum 11 months ago. Yeah. How has that changed the way you've worked freelance? Um, Before I had um, my little boy, I had wonderful ideas of breezing in and, and working during his naps and everything being really nice and smooth. Um, and then I had him and I realised that that's absolutely not how it works. Um, I, I was lucky um, that he seemed really receptive to a routine early on. He's really fantastic with taking a couple of naps a day and he sleeps three, which helps a huge amount. Um, it's, it's essentially torture when they don't sleep. But I think it's helped me focus more what I'm doing. I've realised that if I'm going to be working and spending time away from him, it's got to be something really valuable and it's got to be worth the time. Um, so for me, it's really helped me focus exactly what I need to be doing rather than faffing about on Pinterest, which is probably what I would have been doing a little bit more of um, before him. So. Yeah, it does focus you, that's true. Do you feel like you've got that work-life balance sort of umbrella kind of like treading okay or constantly having to adjust it I don't know there is definitely adjustment constant adjust, adjustment because they change all the time and they go through developmental leaps and sometimes they decide not to have a nap um I'm very lucky that I have um fantastic in-laws who look after him two afternoons a week and that's major focus time and I do tend to do some work during his naps and at the weekends, my parents are able to chip in as well. Um, I think work-life balance is kind of a, a constant thing and, and a bit of a compromise as well on both the work and the life side of things. 
I'm trying not to get too hung up on it at the moment. And as long as I'm happy and he's happy and my husband's happy, I think we're kind of getting along okay. Yeah, yeah. I suppose working as you do with freelancers, that's your main audience, right? Yeah. They're probably more understanding to the fact that there might be somebody else in the background or you need to change things around. Yeah, definitely, um, really. And I, I work at the moment with a lot of mums as well. And both ways, there's there's a lot more flexibility. What, what sort of things do you find that they come up against? The most common, um, I guess, problems people come up against is nervous about pitching um, or, or what pitching even is because you get a lot of... Um, of people telling you, oh, you've got to be pitching regularly and everything like this. And that overwhelms people. Um, and one of the things I do is get people to get into the weekly habit of just doing one or two very small pitching activities. So it could be emailing old clients. It could be updating your social media bios to make it more um, achievable and less intimidating. Um, the other things that people get scared of is money. So the most common thing I get people saying is I'm really worried about security the way I see it now is 30 days notice is what the average employee has and then they're screwed. They've got no job to go to unless they've managed to get anything in, the, in that meantime. Whereas freelancers generally have more than one client on the go at, uh, at a time. And generally a lot of freelancers have 30 days built into their um, contracts anyway, at least. Um, so it's spreading the risk. So the traditional mindset that freelancers is, is, isn't very secure is shifting and I think people are starting to understand that now um but that is something I I get people coming to me quite a lot concerned about it more how they explain to their friends and family about it really yeah we just need banks to catch up on that and realize that uh you know when it comes to getting a mortgage actually yes yeah and when I um I mean we've been in our house for five years now and when we went I'd um only been freelancing for I think three years at that point or something like that and they wouldn't even talk to me until I had five years um, under my belt, which I think now it's a lot more flexible. Um, but they basically just said, your income will just be pocket money compared to your husband's. And I was earning about the same as his at that time. So yeah, they're very old school. And I'm glad to hear that they are starting to change, but it needs to change a bit faster. Yeah, it's just so frustrating, isn't it? As you say, you you do, in theory, have more security being, you know, self-employed than you do working for somebody else who can pull it out from under you. I mean, as long as you put the work in and yeah. you are regularly looking for work, uh, everybody has times. It's very feast and famine at times. Um, but if you're smart and you plan ahead, you should be OK and you should be fairly secure. How have you gone about finding clients um, presumably that's changed from when you were a writer to what you do now is it all to do with content marketing for for example nowadays previously were you cold emailing I don't know um I would st- I think like a lot of freelancers I know referrals brings most of the, most of the work um which is why it's important to always give it your all for every client because even if you don't love that client they might know someone else to refer to who you will love working with them um, so referrals makes a big difference, but I do have quite, I'm quite active on social media. Um, I have a Facebook group for freelancers, um, and I, I blog and I podcast and I, I do as much as, as possible to get myself out there. I do a lot more online than offline cause I am quite a classic introvert. So, and it is, I guess, blogging and content marketing a little bit as well. Yeah. So freelancelifestyle.co.uk, how has that evolved 
then i mean when when i know you've been doing that for quite a few years but as a coach it's been more like probably like what the last year or two maybe yeah the last year i would say on the coaching front so how has that evolved because i noticed for example you've you know you can book for a chat online you can uh, do courses online so how how's that changed and how, how have you gone about that well i i had to, i had started the blog as just a very basic blog with information so things like terms and conditions that comes up quite often um even information about home offices and how to how to sort out your home office and insurance and things like that um and then i've always been a fan of podcasting so i I was kind of keen to do my own but i wanted to do something very short and snappy because freelancers are quite time poor um so i started a very short podcast um yeah and it kind of just snowballed but i'm i'm very much i just want to try things out and if it works it doesn't um I just, I'm keen to try different things, but the coaching just seemed to happen because people were coming to me for help. The courses came from that as well, really. Some people would have the budget to take on a coach and some people just wanted to put their foot, uh, put the toe in the water. I think that's the phrase. I can't remember what the phrase is now, but um, uh, dip their toe in the water. Sorry. And that's where like the courses, like I've got one which takes them through their first 30 days and it's a really affordable course. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to provide a range of options for freelancers at different levels. And I guess that's how I've come to this point, really. How did you find going about building the courses? I use something called Teachable, which used to be called Fedora, I think. Mm. Um, it's fantastic because you can literally just create each of the lessons and then people can log on. And when they log out, next time they log back on, they're at exactly the same point rather than having to read through it and everything like that. Um I did. It did start out actually as an email course where they get the 30 days of emails over 30 days. And I liked doing it that way, but I just felt like I wanted something that looked a bit more professional and was easy for people to access and not have to troll through their, their inbox. And that's kind of how it ended up being on Teachable. So I have a sort of combination of free and paid courses on there, um, but they're all really affordable. But if if it's something people are looking to do, I really would recommend Teachable because they're just... They, I sound like I'm doing an advert. I promise I'm not doing an advert, but they—they're just—they're um, really nice because they're on. They've got a Facebook group for support, and they're very open with people about their development. And I love that about startups when they are very keen to take on as many suggestions as possible and change with their um, the group of people that they're working with. And how much time would you say then? goes into that because obviously when you're creating you're not getting paid essentially you're um you're kind of doing it for for for, for the future income that it might bring so yeah. how do you balance it out and how long do you put into it well it's passive income so once you've done it at least you then know that it's just going to be sitting there selling for you as long as you're kind of promoting on social media and things and i'm i'm a big fan of passive income as just a backup obviously not as a main income I think that's been sold as a main income to a lot of people and it's not really the case. Um, But I think I started it actually as I'd already written a bunch of articles that were relevant. So I just basically took those articles, put them together in 30 days and then um, added a lot more information to them. So I'd already had the basics there. So it wasn't a huge amount more work. And I think I vaguely remember I'd sat down for a day and just said, I'm not going to leave my desk until I've done these. (laughs) So I think it took me three quarters of a day to have everything done, which isn't that awful, really. And then most of the courses probably take me 
maybe half a day a day depending on the length of the course that's great um, yeah so they're not i think if you if you're thinking of doing it it is really easy to do um you've just got to get your head down and do put the work, put the hours in basically but then it will pay off for you and it looks professional to have some courses available and when it came to the uh, Facebook group, did that come about, you know, just through saying at the end of a blog post, hey, come join me on the Facebook group or through, was it through the podcast or the courses? How, how did that grow? So I already had quite a few friends who were freelancers. So I'd, I'd invited them. And a lot, I think the most common we have is people referring to other people, which I like because it creates that more friendly vibe in there. Mm. Um and then through my blog post at the end of the blog posts or through my newsletter, they get the link to, to join there. I, I could do a Facebook ad, but I think I like the fact that at the moment it's quite organic and um, everybody's really friendly in there and things like that. So, Yeah, no, I agree. So how much time would you say you spend creating content? So you've, you've got blog posts, a newsletter, you've got your podcast probably about half a day a week purely because that's i'm limited on time at the moment so one of the afternoons i get a week i will spend on there um i'm not counting social media in that though so i guess social media is at least another day um i spend a lot of time on twitter i spend a lot of time um chatting in facebook because quite often they'll pop up and ask questions and I'll, i'll get involved with those and other facebook groups as well so I'd say at least a day for, for the social media side of things. And when you do your podcast, are you like recording one a week or do you record a batch? Um, I, I need to catch up on that because that's what I've had to put on the back burner. But I was doing them in batches because um, that seems to work a little bit better rather than thinking I've got to do one this week. And they're only three minutes long, so it shouldn't take me long to catch up really. Um, I quite like what a lot of people are doing now, which is where they're having series um of their podcasts um so that's maybe something i might investigate doing for my next lot um but i i use a a workflow which means i can record it on an app on my phone i can edit it on that phone upload it to dropbox which then auto uploads it to soundcloud and itunes for me oh so yeah I'm, i'm a big fan of kind of workflows and um automation because because i don't have a huge amount of time at the moment um it makes it all so much easier nice yes okay well since we're talking about podcasts let me just remind you that this episode is sponsored by the podcast host so thank you to them they can help you with everything that you need. They have courses from novice to pro to help you. They have posts on the best equipment. Uh, they have all the help that you might need with editing. Like genuinely, you can just record your bit and then send it to them. They edit it. They even publish it with show notes and stuff uh, to the world. They have advice on monetizing podcasts, crowdfunding podcasts, all sorts of things. So do check them out. The podcast host, say we said to say hi, you can find a link to them at our website beingfreelance.com and thank you to them for supporting this episode back to you though emma how else have you gone about automating your business then i use buffer a lot and i've just started using another tool which i cannot remember the name of actually i might have to so buffer is for posting to social media sites. yeah exactly yep. 
Um, and I found another one which um, you can add in all your evergreen content and then it adds it in to your buffer queue. So if you've got things that you say, for example, blog posts that go, go out and they're relevant at the time or, or whatever, um, it adds it to your buffer list, which is fantastic. Oh, and that is things good. always going out. Mm. Um, I, I have to email you what that one's called because I can't remember off the top of my head. OK, go go go, go check the uh, website, beingfreelance.com. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, excellent. Um, if IFTTT, I think they're just if now, actually, um, I use lots and lots of theirs. So, for example, they have one where you say you get um, in your Gmail an email and it says receipt in the title. It will automatically add it, uh, add it to a spreadsheet for you on Google Drive. So that's fantastic as a freelancer, especially if you have that in, um, email box, that Gmail box, sorry, um, just for your freelance work. You know at least then that all goes in there. I mean, I now use something called Receipt Bank, which I just forward um, my my receipts, email receipts to that address and it sorts it all for me and adds it to free agent for me. Um, so some of the tools I will pay for if they're fantastic like that one. But there's um, loads and loads of tools. Um, I think I've just done a blog post actually about my favourite ones at the moment. But yeah, I love anything like that that makes life easier. That's great. Yeah. And so obviously free agent comes into that as well. Yeah, definitely. I've tried lots of them. FreshBooks is fantastic. Um, I have heard there's a free one called Wave, I think. Um, and they're great um, from what I hear. But free agent for me is fantastic because um, I can import all my bank statements um, with just the click of a button and then match it up against sort of my incomings and outgoings and invoices. So it's really simple for me to use. You sound like a very organised person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm really terrible. Really? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very disorganised and I have a virtual assistant who is fantastic that I work with occasionally and she is fantastic at sort of organizing my brain um but I have to be quite disciplined I'm not naturally organized at all and I have to be quite organized in sitting down each day writing down my to-do list and then isolating the top three things I have to do and the frog I have to get done um so do you know the eat, they eat that frog principle no so the theory is every day if you had to eat a really ugly, disgusting, smelly frog, <laughs> when is the best time to eat it? <laughs> so would you do it at the end of the day or the start of the day? I would probably do it at the beginning of the day and then brush my teeth. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be best, especially if you've got meetings. Um, so, yeah, the idea is that if you've got something horrible to do, it's better to do it first thing because otherwise you'll spend all day dreading it and procrastinating. Um, so... If you identify what your frog is on your list every day, <laughs> you know that you've got the rubbish thing done first and the rest of your day is going to be a breeze and it's just going to be full of, I don't know, tadpoles rather than frogs. <laughs> nice. You mentioned you have a virtual assistant. When did you bring, bring her on board and what, what sort of things does she do? Uh, I started working with Joe late, uh, early last year. Um, when I was pregnant and I realised um, I wasn't able to work a lot during my pregnancy because I was quite unwell and she was fantastic because she just came in and she put my newsletters together for me so I would just send her the content and she'd put it all together with me and send me a, a draft for me to approve. Um, I've got a, a series of posts on the on the blog which is a day in the life of a freelancer and to be on that people basically just send me the answers on a Google form, which sits in the spreadsheet then. And she basically lifts all those answers and creates the blog posts for me. Um, 
she's just wonderful and and so much more organized and all those things that I think oh I should do but I'm never going to get around to doing them she takes them out of my brain and does them for me so that I can then focus on moving on rather than just constantly worrying about the little things um so if you are an entrepreneur or freelancer having a VA will make a huge difference and people think that they're very expensive but a lot of the time they're a lot more affordable and they will do those horrible things you don't want to do much faster than you could do them so it kind of makes financial sense to hand them over yeah it can be tough can't it like doing that thing where you think well i'm i, I want to earn money i don't want to spend money it's that yeah yeah and it's the same thing a lot of the people i speak to say oh, i can never keep on top of the housework and my thinking is if a cleaner costs 15 pounds an hour and you're charging 25 30 pounds an hour it doesn't make sense for you to be doing the cleaning when you could bring in someone else to do that cleaning and you could go make a sale and be in profit, basically. So with any of those kind of tasks, if you're going to take a lot longer to do it, then it makes sense to outsource it. It's just financially, it makes a lot more sense. It's good freelance maths. Love that. Now, I always do this thing where I ask you for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? Okay, the first fact is my first job was packing chocolates at the age of 10. (laughs) My second fact is it's physically impossible for me to cross my eyes. And my third fact is I am allergic to cheddar cheese. Okay, how much time have you spent trying to cross your eyes? I'm not sure I can cross my eyes, but it sounds like you've you've really tried and then may, maybe gone to see a doctor to, to, to wonder why you can't do it. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, how come you ended up packing chocolates when you were 10? My parents own a chocolate business. And oh, my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very tempting when I was younger. And, um, wow. They, it's a, a party, party plan business. So it's a bit like Anne Summers, but more chocolate and less underwear. Um, <laughs> and there was a group of, all, um, basically a few of the people that worked for my parents um, were mums with kids around the same age um, and same age as I was at the time. And summer holidays would come and they'd all, all have to be packing chocolates um, for orders and things like that. And rather than putting us all in lots of childcare, which was very expensive, they'd sort of bring us all in and we'd get the nice easy jobs like packing um, like foil chocolates into little boxes and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that was my first job. And that's how I we were never given pocket money. We were always had to sort of do a little bit of work for it. So it was probably breaking several child labour laws, but um, <laughs> it worked really well for everybody. So. Um, and and you're allergic to cheddar cheese, was yeah. it? Okay, I don't think... I think you're very good at crossing your eyes. <laughs> no, I, I physically can't. I um, I was born without the muscle in my left eye to oh my turn God. my eye left. Yeah, so it yeah. really is medically proven that you can't yeah. do it. Yeah, I, I physically cannot um, cross my eyes, which is a great party trick. So, so the, the party trick is that you can't do it. I can't, so I I can turn one eye in, but the other one um, looks straight ahead, which is incredibly creepy. Ah, I Um, see. That's what makes it, yeah, okay. But the the kicker is the name of it, which is Dwayne Syndrome, which is the worst name you could give to anything, really. Dwayne Um, Syndrome. Dwayne Syndrome, yeah. (laughs) So, no, I love cheese. I, I would have cheese on 
every I would have cheese on my cereal if it wasn't quite so disgusting. So um yeah, I would be sorely disappointed if I was ever allergic to cheese. Oh, that is good. Dwayne syndrome, we have all learnt today. Um <laughs> okay. Now if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would it be? Um that it exists. I didn't even realise what freelancing was until I basically went freelance. It wasn't something I was taught at uni or anything. So um, I'd first of all tell them that that was what it was. Um, I would tell my younger self that messing about on the internet would one day pay off quite well. <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's what I would just, and, and not to worry too much. And I'd also explain what being an introvert is because I think for a lot of people when they realise they are an introvert and what it means, it's like a light bulb moment. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what I, and just don't worry, everything's going to work out really. I guess that's what everybody tells the younger self. It's interesting. There's been quite a few people uh, I've spoken to recently talk about being an introvert. I, I think when we hear the word introvert, we think that automatically means you kind of hide away from the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the internet means that we can kind of creep out. We creep out of our little holes and then uh, we interact with people. Yeah, I think I think being online as well has given a lot of people, a lot of introverts, a lot of confidence. But uh, I've I found quite often when I go out to networking events and meet up with social media people or bloggers and they are the most hilarious people on paper and then you meet them and they're actually quite shy and very introverted um and I find that happens a lot so I guess being online kind of gives us the opportunity to all sort of wear a, a mask a little bit or maybe it's the reverse and we, we all get to be who we actually want to be mm. how often do you get to go out and actually mingle with the real world <laughs> um I mean I guess partly because I have to go to baby groups and things like that with my son um but there are a few networking groups around my way for working mums, which is fantastic. Um, and I don't think there's enough things out there really for people um, to go to. I mean, I would, I would say most days I try and get out. And even before I had my son, I would still try and get out most days because I think otherwise you can feel very boxed in at home. So I think although it's nice being at home, it's almost nice to go out so that you appreciate it more when you do come home. So you'd you'd try and go out most days, what, to a networking event or just out? Um, just out. So, I mean, networking events, I was sort of going to a couple of them a week before, before I fell pregnant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different things that you can get done. And I guess there's, there's chores and bank stuff. It's nice to be able to go and do your food shop when everybody else is at work as well. That's definitely a, a perk people don't mention very often. As That was one of the things I toyed with for ages. You saying about the cleaner earlier. I mm -hmm. to totally subscribed to that. And then I also ended up subscribing to the online shopping. Yeah, it makes so much more sense. I mean, we do probably a supermarket shop online once a fortnight and then the rest I do in Aldi because yes, yeah, Aldi is ridiculously <laughs> cheap and yeah. so good still. It's just fantastic and just the price. And I, I could go on about Aldi for ages. I'm not going to bore you on that. No, do you know what? I'm an Aldi bore too. And when <laughs> yeah. I, I sit there and go, no, but you should try their baby wipes. They're better and they're cheaper. They are. Emma, thank you so much. Don't forget, beingfreelance.com is the website. There'll be a link to what Emma is up to. So you can check all of that out uh, with 
the freelance lifestyle. And uh, you can also listen to loads of other guests as well. Please do take a look. Beingfreelance.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And check out the Freelancers Tea Break, which is very nice as well on, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, Emma, thank you so much. And all the best being freelance. Thank you for having me.